Hi, this is Father Dyer. This Sunday we had a priest uh, from, uh, well, he's an Archdiocese of Washington priest, wonderful priest who's been on mission in uh, Togo, Africa for the past 15 years. He preached all the masses. So what follows is his uh, is his homily, a uh, wonderful reminder of our uh, need to support the missions that we are all together in the body of Christ, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. God bless you. Well, I'm very happy to be here with you today at St. Veronica's Parish. My name is Father William Ryan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Washington, but for the past 15 years, I've been on loan as a missionary to the small West African country of Togo. I come back every year around this time to go on what I call my begging tour. So I'm happy to be with you today. I'm especially glad to be here on Respect Life Sunday. I noticed the pro-life booths out in front of the church, uh, this entrance. It's a cause that's dear to my heart. I've been involved in that movement for a long time. And in fact, the name of our mission in Africa is called Our Lady of Guadalupe, which was chosen partly because she is the patroness of the pro-life movement. There are not everything that comes from America and Europe to Togo is positive. It seems that there are a lot of people who uh, want to impose population uh, pressures, uh, who think that the best way to combat poverty is to reduce or eliminate poor people. Well, we want to bring the patroness of the pro-life movement, the only apparition where she appears pregnant, where, where her feast day is, is uh, just before Christmas in Advent, December 12th. Uh, she also worked the greatest miracle of evangelization in the history of the Catholic Church, uh, before her apparition in what is now Mexico, there are very few baptisms. It's estimated in the 10 years after her apparition, 9 million baptisms. I said, well, we can use a little bit of that help in Africa as well. So how does it happen that a kid who grew up in Kensington, Maryland, suburbs of Washington, winds up in Togo, West Africa? Well, the story isn't too complicated. When I graduated from Georgetown University in 1972, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my life or, or what I ought to do with my life. Decided to buy a little time, joined the Peace Corps. I was sent to Togo, got to know a priest who later became the bishop, then the archbishop. And uh, we had always talked about my going over for missionary service. It finally worked out in 2006. I finally got permission to do so, and I've been there ever since. Now, before continuing, I should probably explain a little bit about this cane that you see me uh, walking around. I have several knee operations and I'm really quite worked, did the trick, but I tell people it has an upside because it's my best fundraising device. People feel sorry for me and they uh, help out this limping missionary. Um, once when I uh, had a pretty good collection on a Sunday, I told a friend, I said, I really think it's the cane. He said, great, next week, preach from a wheelchair, you'll do even better. So, what is our mission like? Well, it's two hours north of Lome, the capital on the coast. Uh, Togo is in lower West Africa, uh, over bad roads. The population in our vast territory is subsistence farmers, 99%. Uh, dire poverty. Our parish was carved out of a larger parish that was split into three when I arrived to make two new parishes. We That parish had over a hundred villages. We inherited about 36 of them, uh, 14 of which villages are secondary stations. That means there's a 
catechist there, he's been trained, he's authorized to preach on Sunday, to lead the people in prayer, to oversee the sacramental preparation in his village. Uh, of those 14 catechists, seven are extraordinary ministers of communion, which means they come by motorcycle very early in the morning Sunday to pick up the consecrated host, to take them back, distribute communion to their village, maybe one other. And so we've been able to extend the reach of the Holy Eucharist throughout our parish territory. I'd like to tell you a little bit about what we've done by the grace of God and also with a lot of help from people back home, but also to try to explain why we've done it. You can start with water. In many villages in Togo and other African countries, I have a terrible problem with either the water is very dirty or it's a long ways away or both. Uh, so we've been able to dig wells in 11 villages, install hand pumps. It's a great day when I'm able to go and bless a, a pump. The water solved, water problem is solved in that, in that village. But why do we do this? Yes, of course, to meet the need of people for clean water, but also we hope to lead them gradually toward that. What Jesus tells the Samaritan woman at the well is the living water, uh, the Holy Spirit that wells up within the heart of the believer, Jesus says, and leads up, wells up to eternal life. We built a medical clinic uh, that able to treat people with malaria and other diseases, uh, help women uh, who before were giving birth in mud huts by lantern light. They have a qualified midwife now. We average been averaging about 50 births a, a, a year. Um, why do we do all this? Well, of course, to meet their medical needs. That's important. But we hope to lead them to the kingdom of God where there will be only happiness and perfect health forever. I kid sister Bakita, uh, one of the three Togolese nuns who works at the mission, it runs the, the clinic, that when we get to heaven, she's going to have to find a different job because there's no sick people in heaven. If you look at the life of Jesus and what, what I call his strategy for evangelization, often he would go into a village and before preaching at all, he would work miracles, obviously get the people's attention, but also to lead them from something that's important but lesser to something that's even more important and greater. For example, several weeks ago, uh, we heard in the gospel the great miracle of the multiplication of the loaves. It's in all four of the gospels, the only miracle in all four. And then Sundays that followed, we read successively the rest of the chapter six of John's gospel, which is the bread of life discourse. In other words, he leads them from the miracle of earthly bread to a teaching on the Eucharist where he says those who eat this bread will never hunger again. Of course, he's speaking about the, uh, about the Eucharist. So we want to lead people to that. We want to kind of adopt that same strategy. So, uh, and with everything that we do, all the development projects, we've done latrines, we've done some agricultural projects. Last few years, we've emphasized schools. Uh, we've got a, a grade school built at the mission and in five of our outlying villages, we built a college and a lycée, which is the French system. It's more or less like a middle school or a junior high and then a high school. And a, a girls dorm and a boys dorm at the mission. So kids from the far off villages who graduate from the grade schools can continue their Catholic education. 
We now have over a thousand students in all our schools. Why do we do this? Of course, so that they'll know geography and mathematics and history and all the rest, but also so that they will come to understand, as St. Paul tells the Philippians, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. So what is the job of a missionary? <clears throat> I like to keep things simple. I think of my job, if I can boil it down, is to help as many as possible of the thousands of people who live within my parish territory to get to heaven. And this means, of course, leading them to baptism, to, we hope, a vibrant sacramental life, to a life of courageous discipleship and following Jesus Christ, and ultimately to eternal life. Jesus said to the apostles that they were to go forth and bear fruit that will last. Fruit that will last. You know, all the buildings that we built, as important as they are, the schools, the clinic, the five chapels that we built, the parish church, they'll be dust one day. They're very important now, <clears throat> but to build, to bear fruit that will last means that the church needs to be built up in the hearts of the people to draw them to the Lord in whom is life eternal. And the expression goes, forever is a long time. That would be fruit that will last. That's what we want for our people. And I know that's what your priests want for you here at St. Veronica. <clears throat> Africa is <clears throat> an exciting place to be a missionary. You hear about the decline of the Catholic Church sometimes. Believe me, it's not in decline in Africa. Just a couple of statistics. In the year 1900, it was estimated that in the entire African continent, there were one million Catholic Christians. <clears throat> By the year 2000, there were 100 million Catholic Christians. That growth continues, and uh, just in our own parish, on Christmas morning, we baptized and gave First Communion to 79 catechumens. Most of them are students. We did it Christmas because we had to postpone because of COVID, although we didn't have a single case where I am down the Capitol, yes, but uh, we had to respect it, so we put it off till Christmas. <clears throat> 79 baptisms and first communions. The Archbishop, uh, the new, relatively new Archbishop of Lome came and, and uh, did confirmations in May, 133, uh, 133 candidates. Uh, <clears throat> the church, I'm sure, I've learned already, is not in decline at St. Veronica's either. And I hope this little presentation brings you some joy to know that my parishioners are your brothers and sisters. From a different background, yes. From a different culture, definitely. Different language, very different. And yet children of the same father who gave new birth to us all through the Holy Spirit and his son, Jesus Christ. And I hope this gives you a certain positive pride. You know, there's sinful pride and there's good pride. The good pride is to be joyfully proud of the good things that we have received from the Lord. And one good thing is to know that we're part of an incredible worldwide family of faith. <clears throat> they say a missionary is supposed to work himself out of a job. And I think one of the things that that means is that the host country, the receiving country, should begin to produce its own priests and religious. That's happening in Togo the last two years. We've had the joy of having one of our young men who's made it through the seminary be ordained and come back to his home village, which is a village belonging to our parish, to say his first mass there. Uh, 
and uh, that bodes well, I think, for the future. I have a young lady who's ready to make her profession in one of the few Togolese orders of, of nuns. I'm going to finish up with three requests. First, I'm going to ask for your prayers, and that's not just a throwaway line. I'm convinced that the more, uh, anything that we've been able to do in, in Togo is because of the support, the prayer support of people back home. Prayers are, we forget how powerful prayer is, and when we pray for people we'll probably never see in this life, I do believe that's especially pleasing to our Lord and powerful. Second, I ask for your sacrifices. Don't waste your sufferings. I said that recently, my nephew heard it and he said, what does that mean? I said, well, it's not too complicated. It just means that uh, when you're going through some difficulty, large or small, be sure to lift that up to the Lord, uh, to join it spiritually with the supreme sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, become sanctified. And there's no, nothing wrong at all. It's perfectly appropriate to offer that for a special intention that can draw grace upon that uh, intention. Uh, and I can promise you the next time you get a little arthritis or whatever it might be, family problems, financial problems, lift that up to the Lord, offer it for Togo, and part of your joy in heaven will be to meet the people you help to get across the threshold. Finally, I ask for your donations. Uh, anything that you can do to help us will be greatly appreciated. The great uh, Archbishop uh, Fulton Sheen said one time, some people give to the missions by going, other people go to the missions by giving, and without both, there is no mission. So I'll do the, uh, the going. If you can help out a little bit today with the giving, then you're going actually metaphorically, uh, spiritually going there and assisting these people through my presence there. I promise you that whatever you're able to give will be used as wisely and well as I can. There are no administrative costs. Uh, I take that back. The only administrative cost the bank charges a little bit to do the transfer over to our account over in Togo. But once we get it, I'll handle it personally and I'll pray to the Holy Spirit for discernment and make sure that it, it goes uh, where it can be best used. So I mentioned that a, a, a missionary should try to work himself out of a job. I think that goes too with the financial donations. A mission shouldn't depend forever on a foreign help. Uh, and that's why we're, we're looking for ways to uh, in, implement sources of revenue in Togo. We bought a lot of teak trees and uh, this year orange seedlings, orange tree seedlings, cashews, uh, long term. But the, the, we hope the day will come when the mission will be able to support itself. Uh, and in the meantime, though, there's, there's an awful lot to do. It's going to take a while. There was no infrastructure at all. Uh, we've done a lot. Uh, with God's help, and as I say, with help from back home, whatever you can do to contribute to that, be greatly appreciated. It's the second collection today. Uh, I understand it's mixed in a little bit with the mortgage, but the only way they're going to take it for the mortgage is if it's an envelope that says mortgage. Otherwise, I get all the rest. So I really appreciate your having me uh, again. I just learned, by the way, between Masses, uh, something I didn't realize, your first pastor here, Father Marcus Pollard, I taught for a while at Mount St. Mary's Seminary briefly. He was one of my students, so if you see him, tell him I said hello. Thanks so much again for having me. Uh, thanks in advance for your generosity. God bless you all. My friends, Father Ryan, he uh, gets it. He's a wonderful priest. He understands uh, the purpose of missionary work, of course, is to... Uh, 
care for the temporal needs of the people he serves, but also, and more importantly, uh, the spiritual needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, he he uh, does meet their needs, as he was saying, his homily in regards to their water and other temporal needs, but he brings them to Christ. Uh, he failed to mention uh, his website and how you can personally help uh, if you are moved to uh, make a donation uh, tax deductible to his uh, organization on our related Guadalupe uh, Mission Parish in Togo, West Africa, just simply go to togomissionparish.org, T-O-G-O missionparish.org. God bless you and thank you in advance for your generosity. May God be praised. Peace.